Hey, hey everyone, I'm Dr. Mark Leonard, the happiness dude and co-founder of The Happiness Breakthrough. This podcast is for entrepreneurs, hustlers, and go-getters who are ready to up their game. We interview business leaders, owners, entrepreneurs to find out what has made them successful. What are their secrets? Come on, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Happiness Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Mark Leonard and I have on today's show Liz Baker. Now she is reigning from the Wasatch Front and a bonus points for anyone that knows where the Wasatch Front is and how to spell it because contrary to popular belief, it has nothing to do with the Sasquatch. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the Sasquatch. Uh, Liz, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Where, where are you from and uh, tell us why you're on here today. Hey, Mark. Um, okay, I will. So like you said, I live in Centerville, Utah, along the Wasatch Front right now, but um, I call Alberta home and a little place called Rosemary. And I will give anybody $1,000 if they can tell me exactly where Rosemary is. Um, it's about 300 people and it's just right on the prairies in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, that's just where I'm from. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now, uh, you, you've lived in Utah for how many years? Okay, so um, I, we lived in Utah four year, oh, six years ago for about three years. Um, so my husband and I have been married 11 years. We've moved 13 times. And I know, it's, I know, it's crazy. And no, he's not part of the military or armed services. He's an accountant. Um, but most recently, we moved back to Utah in July. Okay. This past July. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you are in a direct sales company, correct? I am. Which I am. one? Um, it's called Zaya Active, and it's based here in Utah. It started about three years ago, okay. and we sell activewear, your how, leggings. How, how long have you been doing that? Um, six months. This past one has been six months. But I've been in network marketing for the last two years. Okay. So, yeah. So what, what, what were you doing before that? Okay. So I did Beachbody and then I did a travel agency company called Traverse, Traverse Global. That's what it's called. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So did you say Zaya? Yes. Z-Y-I-A. Zaya. Zaya Active. Okay. So yes. how, how did you get started? What, what, why did you do that? I mean, I, I could kind of see where that beach body, you know, emphasis yeah. came in, but what drew you to this for you specifically? Okay. So with the other companies, I didn't quite find what I was looking for. Nothing against them at all. It was a list of other long list of reasons why beach body didn't work out and then traverse didn't work out. Um, Zaya, I actually followed my mentor or my upline on Instagram for a little while. I've always liked their products. I've always been a huge active wear wearer. I always say that I was wearing leggings long before it ever became popular. I remember, uh, while I was serving a church mission in Ukraine, uh, we would come home from around 930. And it was just me and, and another girl, my companion. And because in the winter times, it was so cold that I would wear 
layers underneath, which include leggings. And so when I'd get home, I would just take off my skirt, walk around my leggings. And I used to always say like, man, I wish I could wear this out. Like this would be so awesome. And there was my million, million dollar idea, billion dollar idea that just kind of went out the door 15 years ago. So, but anyways, so no, I just really connected with their product. I, it was really easy to fit into my day-to-day life because I didn't have to change anything. I didn't have to change how I wore clothes or what I wore. So that was a big part of it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what do you find is your biggest challenge in growing your business? Okay. So that is probably, um, my biggest pain point would be recruiting and building a team. Um, because, uh, I don't know, there's several reasons I could probably, or excuses I could probably give you. Um, it's something that when it comes to selling the product, I can do that all day, every day. I love throwing parties. I love getting, getting together with people. I love networking. I'm in this business because I love networking. And right now I feel like I'm just really developing myself, really developing the connections that I, that I need for myself so I can turn around and help somebody else. So I really feel like for over the last six months, I've been trying to fill my cup. But now it's overflowing and I, and I have to stop trying to fill it all the time. And now it's time for me to share that with other people. And I'm struggling with that, I think, for sure. So, okay. So, so let's, first let's start talk about, you know, filling your cup. What did you do to fill your cup that really helped give you some of that confidence? Um, not, so just going out and doing things. So like I said, I started with Beachbody and I had to put myself there out there on social media. I had to start marketing myself. And that was something I had never done before. That was a new concept that I didn't grow up with or even think about. And so once I under, and so I just started doing it and then I realized, okay, I can't get behind necessarily the products of Beachbody, not because they're bad or anything like that. I just didn't relate to them. And so, um, and so I just, failing and doing again and failing. And when I hate using the word failing, I like to use the word learning instead. <laughs> um, it isn't failing unless you quit. Right. And so, um, or change or just keep moving. As long as you're keep moving, I don't in any direction, I feel like that's not necessarily failing, but so I did that just keep on trying. Um, but I also just took the time to study again. I love to learn. I went to school to become a teacher. I have my degree in social studies education and I, I just wanted to learn. And I knew that it was a time in my life where I needed something different. Um, and there was trials going on in my life that I didn't want to focus on at the time. And I just knew I needed to better myself if I was going to get through these trials and find meaning in my life again. And so I just started actually delving into self-help books like Rachel Hollis and the, I just love her so much. And she was my very first introduction into that world. And it was just a pivotal moment for me. And 
I stopped reading for now because I love a good romance book. <laughs> um, and I spent many hours reading books, but most all fiction. And it never occurred to me that, oh, I might actually enjoy nonfiction. And that was like the very first big thing for sure is just learning from the people that have done it before. What do you think, feel is your biggest takeaway that you either took away from Rachel Hollis or from another one of the, the self-help or the personal development world? What do you feel is one of your big takeaways that you really have grasped onto? Um, there's been multiple huge ones, but I feel like, I feel like the, the knowledge and I'm still working on this and I'm still processing this. And, and that's why I continue to read these books and be reminded daily is the fact that I'm worth it. I'm worth knowing that, Hey, you can be helpful to other people. You are worth your spot in society, I guess more so you're worth, um, your voice is worth something. And I think that, I think that's a good way to put it is I'm here for a reason. And I, and I've learned that breathing equals meaning. So I believe that everybody has meaning in this life. And so it was, it was time. Like I have five kids. And when I started this, I just had my fourth and I'm sure somebody, everybody out there is like, why are you doing all this? Why? Like, that's not your time or like, that's not your time in life right now. And that's not your, there's a time and place for everything. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that there's a time and place for everything. But I also believe that you decide when and where that is for yourself. End of story. And that was my time. And I went on to have another baby and I, it was a difficult pregnancy. It was a difficult time. Um, my husband was laid off from his job and two days before I gave birth to my fifth child. Oh, wow. And yeah. And Holy so it's just, impeccable timing. Oh, for sure. And there's other health problems I was having. I, after I had my baby, thankfully, Teddy is his name, perfectly healthy. Everything was okay. Ended up back in the hospital a week later with a really serious infection and had to stay there for a few days. And, you know, it's just when you look at somebody's life, it's so easy to judge and say, like, why is she doing this or judge what they're doing? And just like from a previous podcast, I think Britton said it where we tend to judge other people's actions and not and judge our own intentions. And, you know, and so for me, all the self-development that I did prior to that time helped me, literally carried me through probably the hardest time of our marriage. Mm. And it was so vital that I started. So even though I wasn't, I didn't go in Beachbody where I wanted to go, I didn't end up doing what I wanted to in Traverse. But everything that I learned from that gave me the skill set and the knowledge to get through real life. And once I came through on the other end, and I joined Zaya at the bottom of that time. And I know that my husband was like, why are we doing this again? Why? Like, what is going on? And I decided that this time around that I would actually take time to journal everything, write things down, write my thoughts down. And it was, it was a big difference. And I think that has 
So coupled with the lessons I learned, the trials I went through, and the fact that I was able to put these lessons into real life situations and have them work, that was powerful for me. And then when I found Zaya and I realized, okay, Zaya is the fit for me. I love what they sell. I love the way I connect to other people through it. I love the way I can network through it. And I just was able to go forward and get through these hard times that every network marketing person goes through. They go through ups and downs and where they're really excited. They're doing all these parties. They're making all these sales. They're making all these connections. And then, for example, January hit and it was dead. It was like crickets. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I do wrong? Like what, what happened? But all these skills I've been learning in my teacup that I've been filling it up. I took a big long gulp. It's empty. I set it down and away I went, you know? And so, yeah. So I, I really like that philosophy of, and I agree with that. I don't believe in the word failure. Mm-hmm. I really don't because failure is just deciding not to learn. It's failure is a choice. When you decide not to learn and progress and move forward, then then you're choosing to to stop yourself, to stunt your growth and your opportunity. And I love that, you know, as you're talking about, you know, health issues and layoffs and moves and kids and more health issues. And here you are in the depths of that and going, you know. I'm going to journal this. I'm like, I've got a journey and I'm going to journal this. And I have a lot of respect for you. Thank you. Writing down that journal. What, as, as you know, if you were to publish that private journal, what would would the message you would want to be shared to your children and your grandchildren? hundred percent. And I truly believe, so I have a very personal relationship with God. He is my ultimate upholder. I'm an obliger. And if you don't know what those terms mean, read Gretchen Rubin and it will all make sense to you. Um, I know that God sent me these trials to learn a very specific message that we all have infinite, eternal, um, unconditional worth inside of us. Mm-hmm. that we are just born with. There's nothing that we have to do for it. There's nothing. There's nothing that can take it away, your choices or somebody else's. And we didn't have to do anything to earn it. It's not an earn-lose thing. It's not. And so I just have, and so when I read things and I, and you, people talk about, okay, what are your thoughts? What are you focused on? What, are, what do you feel prompted to do? And when I started writing down all my thoughts and everything like that, I realized, oh, this is my mission in life. Mm. This is my purpose. My purpose is to tell people that they are loved and that they are, no matter what, they are loved unconditionally. And because of that, because they are loved unconditionally, no matter what, they just have worth. End of story. Period. Drop the mic. Amen. Whatever you want to say. You have worth and that you use that worth to go out and get things. Don't go get things to add worth to your life. 
That doesn't make sense in my mind anyways. And this is my truth. But don't, don't go run a marathon to add because you think it's going to add um, personal value that's going to make you more important. No. Know that you are important. Know that you have value and that you can go run a marathon if you want and use that power to run the marathon. And when you're done, you are going to have so much more meaning and fulfillment because you'll realize that you finished that marathon because of what you already had and nobody can take that away for you. And so next year when you can't run a marathon or you break your leg or you weren't able to do what you needed to to train for that marathon, you know longer you won't all of a sudden feel like crap or no longer feel like hey i'm no longer of worth because i no longer can do the a b or c or i i no longer can do these certain skills right so and i just feel so strongly about that well okay so i would just want to point out something here for a minute because about 10 minutes ago you made a little comment about the difficulty of recruiting yes and, and I find most people really struggle with recruiting, right? It's, it's difficult. You, some people feel sheepish. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to share. or I've already done something before, and here I am going to share something else. And, right? and people get very uh, in their head yes. about it. And yet, I just want to point out the antithesis, because what you are also saying is, when I live my truth, when I am being, doing it because I believe people have divine worth, are, are you approaching your recruiting with that mentality, Liz? I must not be, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> but I, I kind of had, and this goes back to just your continually learning. Now I could say to myself, okay, so if you think of, Um, I like to think of network marketing as a totem pole, not a pyramid. Mm -hmm. So many people think of it as this Ponzi scheme, yada, yada, yada. And so that's one of our trials, hurdles that we have to overcome in network marketing is the education that this is not a Ponzi scheme, first of all. Okay. So if you were to think of, for example, Zaya, Mm -hmm. I am on the ground floor. (laughs) I am, my sales are great. I, I got the sale part, right? I can sell it. But in order to move up that totem pole and be quote unquote quote, successful or even just to reach more people and have more of an impact in other people's lives, you have to be able to move up that totem pole to get more of a reach. And so here I am on the bottom and just completely discouraged. And so I had a really, another really big life changing moment this year, uh, just more recently. And it, for me, it has been everything and it hasn't been a negative thing and it hasn't been a hardship, but so I, my two oldest boys have been diagnosed with ADHD over the last few years and I have been, and I've struggled with anxiety on and off Mm -hmm. for years, ever since probably 2004 when I went on my mission and, and I wouldn't call it depression. I would call it just, just anxiety. And yes, I had moments of depression that come from that anxiety. And so I, the doctors never knew where to go with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. We were on off, on and off these meds and 
one day, just a few months ago, maybe four months ago, I was putting away the clothes and I was listening to a podcast called Nitty Gritty Podcast. Love them. They're here from here in Utah. Highly recommend them. Um, but Cam, one of the hosts, talked about his own, strug- his own struggles with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about it. And a voice that wasn't necessarily a voice, but it was a thought that was clear as a voice came to me and said, you have ADHD. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And I sat there, I put down that laundry. I sat down on my kids' bed and I just sat there and I started thinking about it and pondering about that. And I'm like, oh, so I whip out my phone. I pull up the first test that was like, do you have ADHD? <laughs> and I'm sure the doctors love when people do that. But, um, right. <laughs> and so I took it. And of course, I, I, it clearly said, uh, you have ADHD. Did it again and again. So my next step was I called the doctor and I said, I need to see the doctor. And I go in there and they give me the test and he stopped counting the points once he got to 74. He wasn't even done. If you ever had to take an ADHD test or see your kids, you know that you're supposed to answer questions from zero to four, zero, never, four all the time, basically. And I'm answering all these questions. He got halfway through and he goes, normally I don't start talking to people about ADHD until they hit about 45 points. You're at 75. I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, yep. And, um, anyways, so long story short, um, I started with my ADHD medication. I started learning about it and my mind was unlocked. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, my anxiety, it was released because I had all these thoughts in my head. I had all these things going around in my mind and no gas pedal to move forward with them because the, the, one of the drawbacks of ADHD is the fact that our executive thinking, it doesn't quite work like everybody else's. Hence why kids or people just make rash decisions or they're always looking for the next dopamine fix because our dopamine levels are low and all this kind of stuff. And so I just, it's just been incredible. And that's when I started writing. That's when I started to be more creative with my thoughts and, and realizing that, oh, I don't have to be stuck in my head okay, that's where my anxiety was. That's where my doubt it was. And when now that when I do have anxiety and doubt, I've learned tools to release that and move forward. And, and that has all happened within the last four months. Is, and so is, I'm, yeah. Is that amazing? Yes. And I truly believe that I figured that out and I could sit here and I could regret and I could get angry with God saying, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Why didn't you? No. I am so grateful. And that, that feeling of gratitude has just propelled me forward rather than looking in the rearview mirror and saying, what if, what if, what if? And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was meant to have five kids and you can't take that, you can't take that medication while you're pregnant. And I would have gone up and down and I've been on this roller coaster of taking it and not taking it and yeah. just adding so much more anxiety to my life because I would think, oh, I got to take it. I got to take this. I got to do this. I got to do this but I can't because I'm pregnant. And anyways, I just, I believe I trust in God's timing. I trust that God gives us what we need when we need it. And we have, it's up to us to move forward with it. So, you know, it really is. Um, it, you know, I love my ADD. Okay. Uh, I always said it's like a superpower. 
Yes. <laughs> because yes. I, I, I was, I, so <laughs> one of my clients is a mental health nurse practitioner and in my coaching that I do. And, I, and on my coaching call, I said, I don't know if you know this, but I have ADD. She goes, oh, yeah, I've known that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I, I just do. But it's, it makes when I teach, I teach MBA classes and Masters of Leadership classes wow. at a local university. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. hilarious because yes. I, like, my mind is just firing 5,000 miles a minute. And, yes. And people are like, oh, please, Dr. Leonard, just could you breathe a minute? And, and I try, and it's hard for yes. me. But yes. it's just how I work. But my superpower is my ADD. Yes. And so if anyone out there is, is you know, if you ha- are with yourself, if you have ADD, ADHD, if you have a child with ADD or ADHD, please don't label with that negative connotation. Oh, well, they have ADD or ADHD. That's why they're that way. I embrace the strength of it. Yes. Thank you. It is. And my one piece of advice, whether it's you, a child, a loved one, encourage their creative outlet because everybody, everybody that struggles with ADD or ADHD, one of the biggest helps and tools that they can have is having an outlet for all these thoughts that are going on in their mind. And it's more times than not, it's, well, it's a creative outlet. So for me, it was writing. And yes. I have very, it all my notebook, I have notebook after notebook with these random thoughts in it that because when it comes to my mind, I have to just quickly write it down. So I have these notepads all over the house that I just like write stuff down and it just, it's releasing. And for my sons, it's, it's Legos or paper airplane making mm-hmm. or writing the story because they're nine and eight years old. And I tell you what, if I have to step on one more paper airplane, I'm going to freak. <laughs> but then I remind myself, I'm like, no, just get a bin, tell him to put them all in here. And it's just a good release because he wants to start a YouTube channel about it. You know, mm-hmm. and it just, okay. My other son, Eli, bless his soul. He can get on people's nerves faster than anybody else because he's the roadrunner of our family. But you set him in front of da- you you set him in front of a Lego set, and he is zoned in. And you realize, wow, kid, like you are smart, you are creative, and yeah. you have the skills. So he will either my me or my kids. I'm not so much worried about myself because. I'm 36 and I've kind of got over that scare, but I've always said my kids and most people will say this people with ADHD will either be a leader of a gang in a prison or the CEO of a company. That's just what we thrive at. And it's true. That's just what we do. And I hope and pray that I'm giving my boys what the skills and the motivation to be the leaders out in society and not the leaders in jail. (laughs) Either Uh, way they're leaders, either way, it's a superpower that creates leadership. It's just, you hope it uses it in a good way. But, it really is. Yeah. And, there, and there's been some interesting studies that have looked at leaders and the amount of CEOs and executive presidents, entrepreneurs that have ADD or ADHD. And it really is an astounding percentage. And I don't remember what it is, and I should find that because I do find it fascinating. And as you were talking about the creative outlet, my creative outlet used to be uh, photography. I, I used to do... <laughs> like the Parade of Homes there in Utah. 
and then I did photography uh, for the LDS church and for EFYs okay. around the world. And so, and then my wife and I, we've done weddings and she's a, she's a far superior uh, photographer that, than I am. And, but I found that, that I kind of lost my passion for it, but I was able to morph that creativity into my coaching and, or into yes. starting businesses. Yes. I, I, I could walk into a business and I could diagnose human performance problems so quickly. That's because amazing. I'm processing so much information. Uh, but the funny thing is, one of the weaknesses I found with mine is the retention. I, I, I cannot retain some things that happened this morning or yesterday. Yes. But I can, boy, I can see things very quickly. As long as I share it with someone else, they capture it because my mind is on to the next. That's exactly how my mind works. And because the people around me during the day are my older boys go to school. And so I have a three-year-old that's home full-time and a 10-month-old. So I don't think that they retain <laughs> stuff either. And I'm pretty sure that they have ADHD as well. But we won't yeah. go into that. But bringing it back to the businesses. Okay, so here I am on the ground floor, and I feel like that's where I'm at. And in the past, I would have been so discouraged and just ready to move on to the next thing. And I am determined not to do that this time because when I write it down, I think about, like, no, I love Zaya. I love the product. I love how the companies is set up. It's not Zaya that has, I know that Zaya is not the problem. I have done the analytical breakdown. Okay. So Zaya is not the issue here. Okay. So what's next? Me. So here, and the way I was trying to think about it to describe to people is let's pretend that you're on the ground floor and you see the elevators and you know where the elevators go and you know how to get to the elevator and you're pushing that button and you, and for me, it's like a hallway of like 20 different elevators because there's more than one way to get to the top. Right. And so apply this to any business. There's more than one way to go where you want to go. And so here I am waiting at these elevators, pushing the button over and over again. And I, I hear the D. So I turn around and I rush to the, that elevator and the doors are closing with somebody else in it and away it goes. And I'm like, okay, let's do this again. And so I push the elevator and over and over and over again. I'm not getting on the elevator that I want to get on. And so now I can either turn around, go back over into the corner or leave the building, which I don't want to do because every, that's the building I want to be in. That's the building I've chosen to be in. Or I can stay in front of the elevators and learn to be content for the time being and turn around and start showing other people the way. And I thought, okay, mm -hmm. if my time and my learning and my growth right now is for me to turn around and say, hey guys, elevator's over here, or even be a cheerleader, be like, hey guys, it's okay. We got this, just stay here with me, stay with me, and we got this. We'll wait for our elevator, we'll wait for the right elevator because I said 20, but honestly, the number's infinite. And sometimes you're on that ground floor 
for whatever reason, and maybe it's just because you haven't learned the right lesson and you haven't found the right elevator to take you to the top just yet, but it's there. I know it is. I know. And the work that you're doing, even on the ground floor is so important. It's so important to yourself and it's so important to all the other people because guess where mo the majority of people are? They're on the ground floor. That's right. That's, that's where they are. That's where everyone has to start. Mm -hmm. And even if you're the type of person that has to go out the building, climb up those windows to get to the top floor, because I feel like maybe that's what I'm, my next step here is to be like, oh, forget the elevator. I'm going to go out to the window and I know I can climb that, you know? And so, yeah, like, and I just took me, and I also remember this time where I was um, 19 years old and it was the first time, no, second time, I shouldn't say first time, but I made my way down to BYU, Idaho and Rexburg. And that's the farthest I had ever lived from my family. I didn't know anybody down there and down there um, for, it's a church school. And so um, in the church, we, our congregations are called wards and there are hundreds of these wards on campus because everybody's a member. And so there's hundreds of these wards that meet in the school buildings and every semester, these wards have to rotate and, and within wards, there's callings that people do to contribute to the ward. And often you, there's these quote unquote made up callings. And I was called to be the Relief Society door greeter. Man, was I bummed. Here I come from a small town, a small ward where I was and for some of you, this is not going to make sense, but I was like the president of different organizations. I was the seminary president. I was the young women's president. I, um, I spoke all the time. I was just, I was a, I was a fish in a small pond. So I felt bigger probably than what I was. And then I went to, then I realized I was like, no, I'm the same size, but then I went to a bigger pond and it was a wake up call. And so when I got called to be a door greeter, I was like, whoa, what happened? What did I do wrong? Like, why am I stuck here? But I tell you what, out of all the callings I've had, of all the presidencies I've been in and all, everything, I went on to serve a mission and then I came back and I was really side president and da, 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 da. The most lessons that I have gained, especially in my business, is the importance of being that best darn door greeter that you could ever be. And giving a smile to a sister, a fellow woman that walks in those doors that are, feels alone and hopeless and doesn't have the confidence that I have. I give her a smile and say, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? And know what? I was important. Like I was on top of my game. I was important and I was important to her. And so I have to, so I have to take that lesson, put it into my business now with Zaya and say, yes, I am on the ground floor, but I can make a difference to somebody else. I am not making thousands of dollars a month. I am not your double Zaya executive, which where I want to be in five years. Like that's my goal. That's my vision. That's where I want to be in five years. And it's going to take a lot of work, especially since it's been six months and I'm still on that ground floor. But I was like, no, I can make a difference and I can show people that I can help them even though I am on the bottom right now, technically on the bottom right now. And that was huge for me. It really is. I, I, I love that story, the, the parable of the door greeter, because we are all, we're all door greeters in our careers at some point. And yes. really, really, it's about 
being the absolute best at where you are right now. Yes. The only way that next door is going to open, the only way you're going to get up that elevator is to be the absolute best at what you're doing right now. Yes. And, yes. All right. So Liz, as we're wrapping up here, you know, if, if you, oh no, I know what I want to ask you. Oh no. Oh yeah. Okay, Liz. I'm ready for it. You're ready, ready for it. it you're ready for it. You know, Give it to me. Everything that you've learned over the past several years, all of these experiences that you've had, the ups and the downs, if a younger version of you came mm. to you today, what advice would you give her? Hmm. I heard you ask this to somebody else in your other podcast. And I thought to myself, oh, I got to think about this. And in true ADHD form, it lasted for about three seconds and I didn't do it. Um, okay. Let me just, just take a moment. I know we're on a time schedule. I would just tell her that you're doing a really good job that you're doing a really good job in the here and now and that that you have potential untapped potential that you can't even fathom like just in the last 5 years in the 5 years the growth that I have experienced and the opportunities God has given me through going and doing mm. not just handed to me but going and doing and putting that time and putting the sacrifices in not, not important things. My kids, I will never sacrifice my kids. I will never sacrifice my marriage. I will never sacrifice my faith because those, those are what it's all about for me. And, and but if I'm going to benefit these things, the important stuff in my life, if I'm going to cultivate the, those important things in my life, the connections, that I make, then what other sacrifices am I going to have to make to allow me to do that? And so, but that's a lesson I learned in five years ago, or even 15 years ago, when I was that 21 year old girl in the middle of Ukraine, couldn't speak a lick of Ukrainian and never did get, never did get really good at the language. Never, I was never your straight A student. I was never the top of the class. Once I got to college, I was just, I've told people time and time again, oh, I'm just your average person. I'm just average. And I wasn't, and I was complacent. I was complacent in that. And I want to tell my previous self, hey, it's going to be okay. You, you may not know it now. You may not feel it. And you may not be living your life the way you want it right now. But guess what? You have potential that is limitless. And just give yourself time because you don't have a time. Like if you think of a bigger picture and as humans, we put these little tiny, okay, how do I say this? Because I feel like, I feel like timelines are good in a sense to help you move forward. Giving yourself deadlines helps you like motivate you. I get that, but there is no failure behind, okay, I didn't reach this. I didn't make this deadline but that's okay because I woke up this morning. I'm still breathing. I still have meaning. Let's just do it. Let's get back up there and let's pursue this because Richie, Richie Norton, and I'm throwing out these names like everybody knows. And 
I highly suggest everybody looking into these people, but Richie Norton in a podcast that he just released recently, and I just listened to this morning, hit me to my core is your head start is today. If you are breathing and you have a vision and you think, oh, I wish I was so-and-so who's only 30 years old and is making, you know, at the top of his game or her game, Mm -hmm. guess what? Your head start is today. Start using it. And that was powerful. Rachel Hollis today, when I was listening, just on LinkedIn, quick one minute video. And she said that it's in the pursuit. If you want to be somewhere in five years and you, and five years comes and you're not where you're supposed to be, do you a have regret or, and B, what are you doing now to get to that next point? And so the regret comes when you, you're not even trying. Like, did you even try? And just one more quick story, because I know we're out of time, but my, I have one daughter and four boys. My one daughter is six years old, and we're just introduced to the world of competitive gymnastics. And I love my daughter with a passion, and I'm just so excited to, woman, like, you know, like, give her the power that she needs and, like, just, like, confidence and everything like that. And we're sitting down, and her very first competition was coming up in two days, and I turned to her all excited. Like, Eden, are you excited for your first competition? And she turns to me and she starts bawling, oh. just bawling. And I'm like, Eden, what's the matter? And in her little sniffle, she goes, Mom, what if I fail? And I thought, oh no, who taught you that? Like, where did you get that from? Those words, I've never said that to you. I'd, I've never taught you that you could fail. But she, that's where her mind went. She's like, what if I fail? And I thought, oh my goodness, those words can never come out of my mouth because I'm sure she learned it from me somehow. And unintentionally, I have ingrained somewhere in her thoughts that she could fail. And I turned to her and after like calming down and we get in the back in the van where her brothers were waiting for us and all like me and my five kids were in that van. And I said, Eden? You repeat after me. And she's like, no, mom. I'm like, no, you repeat after me. If I fall and get back up, I cannot fail. If I fall and I get back up, I win. I don't care what the judges say. I don't care what numbers you get. If you fall and you get back up on that beam, you will win. And she's like, I can't say that. I'm like, boys. Let's help your sister. And it was just a powerful moment for me. And we're all in this van and my boys were yelling the top of their lungs and we're all yelling, if I fall, I cannot fail. And just over and over again. And finally she started saying it. And sure, sure enough, she just, she, she was okay. She went to her competition and she got sixth place and fifth overall and sixth in this and fourth in that. And I tell you what, I've never seen her be so happy mm. and just radiate and just be like, I did it. I accomplished this. I got back up. And it's like, hey, my daughter just taught me a huge, huge life lesson. She's only six years old. And that just, if I could just like, that's my last, my last <laughs> piece of advice or something I wish I could get out there is just if you, fa- if you fall, not fail, if you fall, because we all do, mm-hmm. just get back up and keep moving forward because that's where our power lies is by pressing forward. 
That's where the power is. That's the secret. So just press forward. Even if you have to change directions, change careers, change something in your life, but move forward. And, it, and like, that's it. That's it. That and so I, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to put myself out there more. I'm going to find people that I can help. I'm going to find people that can, that I know will learn the same lessons that I did in doing what I do. And that's not going to be true for any, everybody, but I want to find the women and the moms out there that will f- learn these lessons by doing what I do. And I know I can show them. I know Absolutely. I can. Yes, you can. Liz, thank you very much. I love your stories. I love your passion. I love your energy. And I, I love your spirit. I love that, that spirit of there is no fail. There thank is you. no fail. There is only learning. And I just want to thank you for being on the Happiness Breakthrough Podcast. Uh, if someone wants thank to reach you. out to you, yes. how, how, could they, how could they find you? Okay, so I'm everywhere and anywhere. Um, I am there waiting for you. So I'm on Instagram as underscore Zaya with Liz underscore. And that's Z-Y-I-A with Liz. I'm on Facebook. But my, um, I, I'm Elizabeth Baker. And so it's really hard to kind of find me. So I need to work on that. Um, I have several private groups that I have started there. So, but if you go to my website, ziawithliz.com, the links, my phone number, my email, everything, the everything about Zaya Active that I love so dearly is on my website. That's probably the best place to go is my website. My blog posts from when I first started this, my thoughts, um, even I, like I have multiple blog posts about me sitting on my in-laws bedroom or uh, my guest, the guest bedroom and my in-laws floor and nursing my baby and thinking my husband not having a job at the moment and thinking, what am I doing? I just signed up for another direct marketing. What am I doing? And so all that, all that is on good. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your heart with us today, Liz. Thank, thank you for you. all that you're doing to, to spread happiness and joy in the world yes. because we need a lot more of that in this thank world. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. If you have loved this show, please subscribe to the channel wherever you are listening to this. Give me a thumbs up. I really appreciate that. It helps me invite other great people like Liz onto my show and just to spread this joy and happiness with each of you. Have an amazing day and go get them. Thank you for listening to the Happiness Breakthrough Podcast. I loved having Liz Baker on. If you want to connect with her, you can go to ZayaWithLiz.com or find her on Facebook. Her handle is Elizabeth Baker. Or shoot on over to Instagram. You can find her at underscore ZayaWithLiz underscore. As always, you can find her contact information in the notes. Hey, thanks again for listening and hope you're having a fantastic day.